drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what is going on? It is Wednesday here on the show. I'm your host, Derek Gokery. Now, normally on this time of the month on Wednesday, you know, we we got my buddy Stefan in here. He says bro a lot. And we try to make you laugh. We talk lions. We also serve up that wonderful, delicious Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. Side of cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. But once again, Stefan, he had something come up. I mean, this time, I think it was legitimate. I think it was actually work-related. It wasn't his girl telling him he had to go to movie night or a chiropractor appointment or him out playing tiddlywinks. He had some work functions, some things going on he had to take care of. I said, no problem. I got this, especially when I've got the voice of this man to get me kicked off and get me rolling here on a Kool-Aid Wednesday. First victory of the year on the line. Goff's got it. Back, looks, throws, ends up. Yes! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! They did it! Armin Ross A. Brown in the receiving end! Oh, they're rushing the field! They've done it! Three zeros on the clock! This game is over! It's over! Jared Goff! To Amon Ross St. Brown, his first career touchdown. And how big is that? Oh, my goodness. Have a day, boys. Have a day. So who needs the king of all bros, Stefan, when you got the voice of Dan Miller giving the Detroit Lions their first win of the season, bro. Bruh. We're talking about a W. We're talking about scoring more points than your opponent, putting up one in the win column, bro. (laughs) Gotta love it. So we're going to talk about that, go through the game a little bit. I actually have a big list of players that I kind of, you know, if you play fantasy football at all, you know the thing called keepers. These are guys on your team that you're able to keep from season to season that you want to, you know, build around or you think are worth it now normally those are like top end nfl type guys on your fantasy team but today i want to give you some keepers and no it's not all the rookies no it's not the high-end type players that you already know are on the team like swift and hawk i got a list a pretty good list of lower tier guys that i think have made a name for themselves and probably keep around on this team and can help them um, when it comes to depth salary cap all types of things in the Lions. So we'll get to that. And before we just dive into this Lions game, I just want to tell you, on the this is the Wednesday show, on the Friday show, we got my buddy Chops coming on. And 
I mentioned it last week, but I didn't say he was the genius behind uh, me getting a trip to Indy, me and him. Um, he was able to, gosh, I don't know what he does. He gets the tickets like a year in advance. And the fact that the Michigan Wolverines made it to Indy, he already had the tickets. He already had a hotel. He was like, Oakry, you want to go to Indy? And I was like, hold on, let me think. Yes, I want to go. Go blue. So we loaded up. We went to Indy. Ton of fun. We'll tell you a bunch of stories on the Friday show about what went down. Obviously, Michigan being Big Ten champs is incredible. Them being in the college football playoff at number two. They should be number one. We know that. But uh, they do have a chance to win it all. So we'll talk about that and some lines on Friday. But let, let's talk about this ball game that went down. The Detroit Lions against the Minnesota Vikings. So this was one of those games like going into it. I mean, again, I, I didn't get back in time for the start of this game from Indy. But, you know, I got back early on in the football game. It was kind of a, you know, slap fight in the beginning. I mean, you just have a field goal from Greg Joseph from 41 yards out. The Lions kind of got pinned deep a couple times and defense was able to get off the field. Greg Joseph also with 31 yarder. So six zip after one quarter, you're thinking, oh, is this another game where the Lions can't score points? Is this another game where Jared Goff is going to be struggling? You know what I mean? Is it going to be another one of those? Or are they going to be able to put points up? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> let, let let me get some Kool-Aid ready, everybody. Uh, fill up your glass right now. Drink it in, man. Because we had a beautiful nine-yard touchdown to T.J. Hawkinson from Mr. Goff. Uh, kind of an in-cut, back-post type throw. Right to the back of the end zone. Catch, touchdown. you got to love to see it. 7-6 Lions. Then as the quarter goes on, a really nice 23-yard seam ball from number 16 to guess who? I don't even think we've talked about him all year, but he's a ball player on this team. Now he's a backup tight end. Now he's getting some plays out there. Brock Wright from Notre Dame with a 23-yard touchdown pass from Goff. And then this was a really unique part of the game as well. Riley Patterson coming in. I think they gave him his first start ever on Thanksgiving, which I didn't know if that was too smart, if that game, which basically did come down to the end. Imagine if he would have had a field goal to win it on Thanksgiving. But this kid comes out. He has a 31-yarder, a 41-yarder like nothing. Alliance, four straight scoring drives, 20-6. to 20-6 to six at halftime. Like, uh, even late in that second quarter, I remember... You know, the Lions were going to score, and then they had to give it up. And then uh, you thought maybe the Vikings were going to come down and score. They ended up giving it up. The Lions end up getting, um, you know, a turnover early in that or in that first half as well to help put points up. But sure enough, they gave up the ball, and the Lions went down and got a field goal really late in that uh, in that second quarter with six seconds left, twenty to six. Now, you know, again here on the Kool Aid Cast. Again, I'm your host, Derek Oakry. You can find me on Twitter, at Derek Oakry. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Really appreciate all you guys always tweeting out. Fantasy football, Lions, Michigan Wolverines, um, you know, talking some Pistons here and there. And I put out a tweet about Aiden Hutchinson to the Lions. And, man, people just love that. That got all over the place, so that was cool. I think the artwork that I threw up there was from uh, the Draft Network. If you haven't checked them out, go check them out over there. They're doing big things. But uh, 
definitely find me on Twitter. Give me a follow, and, and we'll talk some Lions. But, uh, but man, like, you know, Riley Patterson coming through big. And, and like I said, here on the Kool-Aid cast, we serve it up. We serve up that Honolulu Blue flavor Kool-Aid all day. Drink it in, man. We talk optimism, always trying to be positive. Now, again, when my team has zero wins... Again, 10 games plus into the season. Yeah, I was getting a little frustrated. (laughs) I was getting a little mad. Dare I say, pissed at what I was seeing from this team. But again, I try to be an optimist. I try to always talk about what's good. And I was hoping, I was dying for them to get off the schneid. But a lot of you out there, I hate to call you out. You're probably not even listening to this show because you're SOL fans. You're going, ah, 20 to 6, Lions will find a way to blow it. The Lions will lose the lead. The Lions will uh, (laughs) find a way to not win this one. And, And for a lot of you that love to just swim in that misery and live in that world of just negativity, depression, like, oh, woe is me, oh, poor me, my team, we haven't won a Super Bowl yet, like, you probably got some joy out of this third quarter, because the Vikings came back, 31-yard field goal, tell me if you've heard that before, by Greg Joseph, to make it 20-9, to then the Vikings drove again, and made it 20-15 to on an 8-yard touchdown by Alexander Madison. One of the most odd-sounding names, Alexander Madison. I noticed they started calling him Alex Madison, which, I mean, I really like the player. I and I know this guy's contract is coming up in the next year or two. Uh, he's a heck of a big-time, big you know, big back that can catch, can run, do some things. So, you know, not that the Lions necessarily need running backs because Swift and Swag is a really nice combo. We got Jamar Jefferson who's been balling. Godwin, who I might talk about later, is showing me some really nice things both on and off the field. But Alexander Madison had himself a day. He's able to get in the end zone here. So it's 2015. SOL, negative Lions fan. Here we go. Going to lose the lead. Now, I got to admit, even myself, I'm usually real hyped during these games. I was going crazy against the Steelers, wanting that W. I really wanted that one against Cleveland. We should have had that one on Thanksgiving. But for some reason, this game, I was a little kicked back, probably because I could barely walk after all the touring around Indy we did. My voice was shot from being at the Big Ten title game going crazy. So I was kind of kicked back, rooting on my team, being optimistic, saying, hey, man, yeah, they're coming back, but there's no reason we can't win this game, especially when Riley Patterson hits a 49-yard field goal. Dead center. I mean, this this guy was kicking him straight down the pike as well as much deeper than 49 or, or 30 or however long a Patterson's field goal. So hopefully, if he can keep doing that, we might have ourselves a kicker. So it's 23-15 Lions and the third quarter. Now... Again, I'm not going to break down the whole thing. Like I said, there was a nice strip sack by Harris, I think, early in that kind of early mid first half, as I believe when that happened, picked up by Julian O'Quarr. You like to see that. Um, You know, Jared Goff did have an interception where he just stared down T.J. Hawkinson, um, and, and that was a little disappointing because there was uh, St. Brown who was open, I believe. So there's some turnovers back and forth. Again, Kirk Cousins. I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard this before on the show, but I mean, he usually balls out and kills the Lions. But when you really look at him, I mean, over his track record, over his history, you know, looking at the big picture, I guess I'd say he's. Um, He's, um, how do I put this? Well, he's not that great. Um, and he proved that in this game where he put up numbers. He had his throws here and there, but he also, 
stumbled when he was trying to come back because what they put up his record, he's won like two games out of like 25 or 30 matchups when he's trailing. So this guy has trouble playing from behind. And the the Lions, you know, you got to be feeling good. 23-15 going to the fourth quarter, but the Kool-Aid drinkers are feeling good. The SOL fans are, are worried. They're, they know something bad's going to happen. Sure enough, you know, a five-yard pass from Kirk Cousins, for a tug, which makes it 23-21. They go for a two-point conversion, and they fail. And and that's the thing. Um, You know, that was the first of three two-points that they missed during this ball game. So Lions really stepped up big there. This was a 10-play, 75-yard drive, almost five minutes off the clock. So it's a two-point ball game. Again, SOL fan getting nervous. Kool-Aid drink is like, come on, man, we got this. Find a way. Sure enough. Um, Lions, here's what we got to talk about. So late in this football game, you know, oh, how do I, how do I put this? Like the, the Jared Goff early in the game, the seam throws, the ability to throw to his boy Reynolds, you know, he's got baby hands. He can't throw spirals, but he was getting some work done early in this game. He looked like a competent average to a below average NFL quarterback, which is better than what I've seen from him in most of these ball games. But the pick was inexcusable. Here we come late in a football game. There's probably what, two and a half, three minutes left, somewhere in that range. And it's four, third and short. We can't get it. And we're we're on, not only are we on our side of the field, I think we're on like our 28. Again, you would think I'm doing the podcast. I would have all this right in front of me, but I'm doing this just from memory and trying to talk you guys through the game where I was at. There's really no, I don't care what the analytics say. I don't care if you want to be aggressive. Like, you have to punt the football. Your defense continues to play aight, meaning like sometimes they really surprise me and they get off the football field. And then sometimes they're just an absolute Swiss cheese tire fire and get walked right down the field and give up just easy touchdowns, especially, let me know if you've heard this one before, inside the 5, inside the 10, the Lions never ever guard any type of play action and he throws to the tight end any misdirection is just a walk-in touchdown against the Lions. i don't know why this isn't coach why don't they i I don't know what's going on but dan campbell dan freaking campbell everybody on his like 28 yard line whatever it was fourth and one decides to go for it (laughs) now i'm sitting there like this this is just this cannot happen like I, i don't know what he's doing doesn't make any sense to me Um, You know, he did try to pull the wool over their eyes with a double dip. And instead of running it directly up the middle, which they do on almost every other fourth and short where everybody knows you're going to do that. He tries to throw a little play action. I don't know if he's throwing it to Jamal Williams or trying to outflank with a receiver. I don't know what he's doing, but it was blown up from the start. Jared Goff just completely can't make a play by himself. Gets killed. Fumbles the football. The Vikings now have it. Limited time on the clock. Lions burned a timeout also before this fourth and one call, leaving them one timeout. The Vikings drive down. They get in tight. Lions defense does stiffen up, but the Vikings throw a three-yard tug to Justin Jefferson, who, by the way, had 182 receiving yards in this ball game. And a tug, as I just said, which gave them the lead 27 to 23. SOL fans, 
are out of their mind. Actually, they're happy. SOL fans are happy. They're like, oh, man, I knew it. I knew they'd blow it. They always blow it. You know, they get joy out of their own team losing, which makes no sense at all. But sure enough, man, the the loyal Kool-Aid drinkers are hanging in there like, no, nah, man, we got time. We got a buck 50 left. We got one time out in our back pocket. Let's see what we can do. And sure enough, number 16, Jared Goff, led his team down. A few dink and dunks. An incredible play by Godwin. Igwe Buque. I'm going to have to say it like that so I can actually get it right. He caught the football in the middle of the field on third down, I believe it was. Was able to juke cup people, get out of a leg tackle. Moved multi-moves to get from the middle of the field to the sideline to stop the clock. That was huge. A couple other throws to the outside. We're able to get out of bounds or the referees gave us the benefit of the doubt. Stop the clock, which was incredible. And again, you know, Lions... They're inside where they should be thrown to the end zone. We get a couple incompletions. SOL fan. Ah, see, I told they they got me all excited, and now they're not gonna get it done. It comes down, you know, third down, whatever it is. I think there was four seconds left on the clock. And then you heard it. As you heard it in the beginning of the show. Should I play it again? Okay, I'll do it. First victory of the year on the line. Goff's got it. Back, looks, throws, ends up. Yes! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! They did it! Amon Ross, they brought in the receiving end! Oh, they're rushing the field! They've done it! Three zeros on the clock! This game is over! It's over! Jared Goff! To Amon Ross St. Brown, his first career touchdown. And how big is that? Oh, my goodness. Have a day, boys. Have a day. So there it is, Dapper Dan Miller losing his voice. And how many of you out there just yelled out when this happened? Where well, you're sitting there, the SOL fans didn't think it was going to happen. Kool-Aid drinkers said, somehow, we're going to score on this final play of the ball game. And Jared Goff rips it in there to Amon Ra, St. Brown, number 14. The rookie had 10 catches in this ball game. His first touchdown's a game winner. I mean, absolutely loved it. I mean, could this be a better sports weekend? Michigan, Big Ten champs. I took a trip to Indy. I get home. I can, I'm can. i sitting back. I'm relaxing. I'm watching my line. They're up 26. They give up the lead with a minute left. They drive all the way down the football field. And on the final play, you had one more chance. You either win or lose on this play. Jared Goff comes up big. The Detroit Lions beat the Minnesota Vikings in thrilling fashion. You gotta love to see it. 29-27. The horrible NFL refs didn't even remember you have to actually kick the extra point or do something. The game was over. Jared Goff hugging Dan freaking Campbell. Dan Campbell doing a a fist pump, stone cold, hands in the air. Absolutely loved it. I mean, the guy couldn't have been more fired up. Jerry Goff, 296 yards, three tugs, one pick, which was horrible, and a fumble, which was horrible, but they were going to be down anyway. He gave up 340 to Kirk Cousins. We ain't that great. And two tugs, so that's pretty bad. 90 yards and a touchdown to Madison. And yeah, a buck 82 
to Jefferson, who's an absolute beast. But St. Brown, the rookie, 10 for 86 and a touchdown. Lots of little short catches there. Jay Swaggy Williams was doing his thing with 71 rushing yards, banging it up in there. He's always getting like four, six. And then he gets those ones where it's first down, they run up the middle, and he gets you 11, 12 yards. It happens every game. It's incredible. So I thought this was a great win. I mean, everybody wanted to see it. Nobody wanted to see no wins. I've been hard to come back from. You're not throwing an absolute party. I mean, you saw the locker room video. Dan Campbell just absolutely lifting up. Um, Chila Ford, hamp, uh, and, and a hug after the game. The players dousing Dan Campbell with water. Him crying again, basically just so emotional, going crazy. You had to love to see it. And like I said, they know they're not like throwing a party, going, "Man, we won a game. Look at us." They, they had been so close. This is a new regime. They're starting from the ground up. It's a rebuild. They're fixing everything. Yes, did I hope they'd be better? Sure. Um, but when you are proven to not be better, not be ready yet, and this quarterback probably not be the guy that's going to take you multiple years down the road. To get this one in the fashion they did was incredible. Everybody loves it. That's an early Christmas gift for all the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, all the loyal listeners of this show, and all Lions fans. So I want to take you through the ball game there. Let's let's take a quick break, get our great sponsors in here. I come back, I want to hit a little bit more on Jared Goff, St. Brown, and then I want to get to those keepers, those guys that I think you need to keep your eye on that might really help this team in 2022 and beyond. Everybody, we'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, everybody, this goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You can put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 
Kool-Aid drinkers, thank you so much for listening to the show. I'm back here going solo today because Stefan, king of all bros, couldn't make the show. He is busy. At least that's what he said. And that's no problem because I'm here talking lions, serving up Kool-Aid for all the loyal listeners and the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers out there. Drink it in (laughs) Again, this is your host, Eric Oakry, and kind of recap that game, gave you some of my thoughts. Um, I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to make a ton of excuses for Dan Campbell's late fourth down call. I thought that was inexcusable. Jared Goff's interception was bad. But again, you can look at that if you're an SOL fan or you're a negative person. I put on Twitter, at Derek Oakery, hey, I'm going to focus on the positive. Jared Goff played better. We were able to get the ball, imagine this, down the football field a little bit, up the seams to some of our playmakers. Basically, the entire rookie class showed up and made plays, and they ended up winning the ball game. So I'm not going to sit here all show and go over these little nuances and bore you to death and talk about all the negatives. I heard people calling up sports radio the minute after the game saying, Fire Dan Campbell. Because they didn't like the call or because this, that, and the other. It's like, we won. What are you talking about? This is so ridiculous, these people. I swear they must wake up and just hate their lives when they're like just, you know, one little thing you don't agree with and you want to get rid of this guy when him and his team just pulled out an amazing last second victory. Like, gosh almighty, that's just embarrassing, to be honest, as a um, fan of this team to have people that would say such a thing. But, uh you know, I thought it was a great win. It was a fun watch. I was happy for the team, happy for everybody. So let's talk a little bit more about Jared Goff. Now, I've been quoted multiple times, especially recently on the show, saying he can't throw. And I don't know why, because in the NFL quarterback, throwing the football is a prerequisite. It's kind of the most important thing you got to do, and he can't do it. Well, in this game, he continued, in my opinion, to be very lackluster at throwing the football. Now, you'd say, well, look at look at his yardage. He's got three tugs. He's putting the ball in his... Yes, but he continues to still throw the wobbly, the disgusting passes. Now, I just went on a mini rant about how I wasn't going to be negative and this and the other, so I'm not going to be. Like, he throws a horrible-looking football. But this was a much better game by Jared Goff as far as his decision-making overall, his playmaking and just his leadership ability. I feel like he hung in there. He's always positive. He really was calm during that last drive. He made smart decisions. He was able to pick himself off the mat off a couple bad plays and help this team win. I think that's very encouraging. So despite his baby hands, despite his horrible wobbly duck passes, um, I will take that stat line any day of the week. I also like him featuring Hawkinson, you know, getting the ball to the rookie St. Brown finding Reynolds, finding Brock Wright up the seam for an actual more than a two-yard pass down the football field. All those things were positive, and you got to give the quarterback, number 16, Jared Goff, some credit for that. As far as St. Brown goes, this kid's really turning it on, very kind of under the radar. You go back and look at a lot of his um, stat lines, you know, he's getting six, eight, you know, nine catches. Yeah, some of them might be for four or five yards, slants, or get out of bounds. But he's starting to make some bigger plays. We've seen him even early in the season catch some of those over routes where he's catching it. Um, no one's around him. He's able to run up. It really feels like that 
that little precision we had with Golden Tate back in the day where he's able to work that underneath, work certain routes, and make plays. This isn't a guy that's going to jump over people. This isn't a guy that's going to be going deep all day long. But he's a nice receiver where they play him inside or outside. The Lions really seem to love him. Lots of people talking about him coming on. Jared Goff called him a freak, I believe, or a stud and said he can be a stud for a long time to come. We will see if some of this comes to fruition or some of this is just talk because you know, there's been a lot of positive talk and a lot of you know accolades being thrown out um, for some of these guys, and I just want to see it happen over a long period with this team. But I think the kid's got a bright future. He seems to have a great mentality, you know, kind of like not afraid of the moment. He's 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 smaller, but he's also tough. He'll block you and he can make the tough catches. And he's shown that he can battle as well as, yeah, this is his first touchdown. But he's also had some plays within this four or five game span um, every game that have, that have seemed really nice and been productive. So I really like what I'm seeing from him, which is a nice thing to put in there and you're not going like okay we got St. Brown so let's like put receiver on the back burner you still I'd love to keep Reynolds along to be honest uh, next year if the price is right I think Cephas can give you some things I like St. Brown but I still think there's two big holes you're looking for there and that's that ultimate speed demon and you either need a guy that can go up and just dominate the 50-50 balls or the big catches in the end zone, the jump balls, or I'd love that separator. I think we need another separator when it comes to a receiver that can um, cut you up, route running, and always get open. And if you can get open, I think Jared Goff and any other quarterback that we draft will be more than happy to get you the football. So um, I think there's definitely one, if not two, big pieces that still need to be added to the receiver position. This year or next year, you know, as they see fit, as it makes sense. Let's let's talk about some of the keepers. And again, I said off the top of the show, I'm not talking about the big names. I'm not going to go through the rookie class and give you my Kool-Aid drinking. You know, all these guys are going to be incredible. I've done that. I'll continue to do that at other times. You know I will. Drink it in, man. But I want to talk about these guys that are under the radar, you know, the Lions, Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell have sort of been bringing these guys along. Sure, maybe a good majority of these guys, the first little bit, you're like, man, why are these guys out there? These guys aren't going to be NFL legitimate players. These are just guys that are on the lines because we got nobody else and we didn't invest a lot this season coming in. Well, I'm here to tell you, we're just going to start with my guy. I think the nickname is, or, or the way I'm saying his name is catching on. He's all over Twitter. He's all over the media these days. And that's Jury Jacobs. J-U-U-U-U-R-R-R-Y-Y-Y. Jury. Jury Jacobs is a ball player. How many times I got to say it? You hear him all the time, too, when other players doing interviews. Who's yakking in the background? Jury. Who's making other people laugh, talking noise on the sideline? jury who's out there on the football field making plays not afraid to guard up on anybody a number one or whoever jury jacobs jury just continues to show up week after week after week we got people talking about this guy maybe being a starter maybe we can move mr okuda maybe we gotta figure out what we gotta do because jury can play yes 
I like him. I think he's going to be here for multiple years. I'm not anointing him as this all pro, but I am telling you that Jerry Jacobs was a great find. I know it's Jerry, but on this show, it's Jerry because it sounds cooler. He's got swag, and he looks like that's what I would call him if we were out there balling. I'd be like, let's go, Jerry. Let's go. So he can play. I really think they found something in that kid for sure. Now, I pronounced his name earlier. It's about as hard to pronounce as our guy, A-O. Oh, baby! So that's why we don't pronounce A-O's last name. We say A-O. Oh, baby! So they got this guy, Godwin. Now, I found out early in the show I can do his last name. Igwe Buke, if you break it up into two sections there. Now... This is a guy I kind of will have chops on on the Friday show. We were talking about Lions team and got to running backs. And I was, he's like, you know, I, I like uh, I like this Godwin kid. What about him? And I'm like, man, he, he, I like him, but can he make, can he be like on my running back core? But the more we started talking about it, and then I saw this interview with Godwin, he seemed so relaxed. He seemed so confident. This is a converted safety. I was like, I think I want this guy on my team. Now, the thing is, I think the Lions are really good at running back right now. Like, it's not a position you need to address. You can get Swift, Swag. Then your third will probably be Jamar Jefferson, the seventh rounder, heading into next year. But I think Godwin can be your five if you want to keep five. If you want to keep four, he can maybe be able to just be on that roster as a special teams player. Obviously, we kept those guys around for years and years in Detroit. Hey, you can run down on kicks. You can return kicks. There's a spot on the roster for you. And Godwin, every time he's been in on offense, he seems to make plays. So I'm not anointing this guy either, but I'm saying this is another depth piece, another fine, another diamond in the rough, another guy that's athletic, has ability, and is smart and confident, great guy on and off the field. I think you can keep Godwin, Igwe, Buke on this football team. Now, this is a guy that's hurt right now, but showed up big. And everybody remember when the Lions paid Justin Coleman just Googles of money. That didn't work out. Justin Coleman had a few punch outs and a few plays. Other than that, roasted, toasted, and extra crispy. He gone. Um, but A.J. Parker is a kid that looks like he can play the slot, can guard up on people, can make some plays on the football. You may have something there. Jalen Elliott. This is a, what they say in the media, he's a former, you know, fraternity guy. He's got a lot of character, a lot of leadership, um, ability to kind of galvanize his teammates. He's also very big and physical. This may be a safety that could find his way um, heck of a ball player at Notre Dame in college. And you may have something there as well. Again, a depth piece, a bottom of the roster guy that can help you. That can be a positive. That would be nice on this team. Brock Wright. This is a guy you heard a little bit about him at training camp. All of a sudden, you know, a handful of weeks ago, he was on the roster. Uh, a couple weeks after that, he seemed to be getting a few passes here or there. I saw an interview with him, too, and I was like, man, this guy has the build, the mentality, and the sense to maybe be a three, four, five type tight end that can give you some different things, but can also just be that meat and potatoes type football player. I like some things I see. Heck of a catch for a touchdown here in this Minnesota game. 
Um, you got Bobby Price. Now, Bobby Price had the crazy dreads. He was been on this roster for a few years. He's cut the dreads. He went from safety. They got him playing some corner. He seems like an athlete. He's also been hurt this year. I'm not sure what you have, but Bobby Price has some athletic traits and some things I like, so keep your eye on him. I want to say, I don't even have this guy's name in front of me. His last name is Woods. I saw him out there playing linebacker a lot. Is it Josh Woods? Um, you know, it seemed like Derek Barnes talked a little bit about him, seemed to like him. He seemed to be out there doing a couple things here and there. Um, you know, see what you have there in, in that player. You also got Pittman, the guy from um, the local guy that's been getting some buzz during training camp. Then you never see him during the season. You know, can he bring something as a depth linebacker, special teams guy? Possibly. Um, Jalen Reeves-Mabin was never given a chance to play defense on this football team until this year. And he's basically started. It's been him and Anzalone um, to keep my boy Derek Barnes off the football field, which I don't like. Because when Jerm, JRM, Jalen Reeves-Mabin got hurt, my boy Derek Barnes came in and was not only just blowing through people and making TFLs and stops on a two-point conversion that was huge, dude is yoked up. Derek Barnes might have the biggest arms in the NFL at linebacker. You know, I have to post a, a Twitter photo. This dude is dieseled up. He's a great human being. He just needs to play. So Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn, I think this guy sat around and watched enough. Let's get him out there. I want to say he played um, somewhere in the, I think it was 50 to 60% of the snaps this game where I put out a tweet a few weeks ago. He had never played more than 30, 35 before this. So he's getting more time. And imagine that. When he gets more time, he's making plays. But Jalen Reeves-Mabin has shown that he's a tough, gritty player. He has a nose for the football. He get the ball out. This is another depth linebacker that we can maybe have around on a cheap contract that can help the team. Jan Reeves Mabin, you know, we the Lions only play two linebackers, so I'm not trying to keep Barnes, Anzalone, Jalen Reeves Mabin, all these other guys. You're going to have to weed them out, but you're going to need a few special teams demons and a few guys that can play linebacker. And I think we may have that. So we will see what happens with him. C.J. Moore is kind of a depth safety, and I feel like C.J. Moore gets some praise from the coaches too of like, hey, man, this guy can play. He can do some things. So I'm not in love with C.J. Moore, but he made my list because he continues to sort of be on the game day roster, continue to make plays. And the guy I left for last is I don't value the fullback position. Most NFL teams don't. But Jason Cabinda just got named the Lions nominee for NFL Man of the Year. He seems like an incredible human being. He's dieseled up. He can play fullback. He can catch the football a little bit. Obviously, used to play linebacker, another converted player. So Jason Cabinda, if you want to keep a multifaceted, big-bodied, blow you up in the hole if you need a block, catch a football here and there, you know, maybe give you a defensive snap and a real pinch, um, but just a heck of a guy off the field and a physical football player. Um, Jason Cabinda is another low-level type guy on this team that I think's done some nice things or, or encourages me a little bit, as Dan Campbell likes to say. So, you know, I'm sure I missed a few names that you guys are loving out there, but those are guys that the Lions have thrown in the fire. They brought along. They've given opportunities to, and I think we may have a couple things there. And the biggest thing with the Lions is they need some blue-chip top-end talent. They need a top-end 
ball playing, playmaking quarterback. They need more pass rush. Need to be able to get after the quarterback. But they also need guys in the middle and at the bottom of the roster that can make plays, can be good in the locker room, can be inexpensive so the Lions can go out and pay these premier talents that they need to win ball games at a high level. So everybody, that's that Kool-Aid I got for you here on a Wednesday. Drink it in. Uh... Hot piping side of cornbread for you. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. And I'll catch you Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. First victory of the year on the line. Goff's got it. Back, looks, throws, ends up. Yes! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! They did it! Armand Ross A. Brown in the receiving end! Oh, they're rushing the field! They've done it! Three zeros on the clock! This game is over! It's over! Jared Goff! to Amonas St. Brown, his first career touchdown. And how big is that? Oh, my goodness. Have a day, boys. Have a day. Pack the bag. Stop the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.